passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Hey guys, welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. Thanks for joining. Um, just want to go over a couple of news items before I get to the waiver wire section of this podcast. Uh, you know, going to start with last night's game. So uh, Miami went into Carolina and just got destroyed. Miami didn't even look like they wanted to play in that game, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Devin Funches, two touchdowns. Uh, you could see that you know he is the guy with Calvin Benjamin gone to Buffalo. Uh, but Curtis Samuel and Russell Shepard were the two that led uh, the team in targets. Unfortunately, Curtis Samuel had a pretty bad ankle injury on an end zone target from Cam Newton, uh, you know, which he dropped. He did, uh, but. He got his ankle rolled up underneath him, uh, and the news today, it seems like uh, he might be out for the season. It might be a bad injury. Uh, So, you know, let's wait and see on that. Curtis Samuel was somebody that I was really looking forward to actually picking up uh, because, you know, just like what happened yesterday, uh, we could see a lot of that going forward, that there were were a ton of targets to go around uh, in that offense, especially after Calvin Benjamin left. Uh, So, you know, I was looking forward to that. Now, you know, without... Without Curtis Samuel in there, there ha- there's going to be uh, some targets uh, left to spare, and I think Russell Shepard he should see you know a lot of those targets like he did yesterday. He didn't look that good. Uh, he made a lot of mistakes, but uh, you know the targets have to go somewhere, uh, and he's one of those guys that is going to get those targets. Um, now, a guy that I would keep an eye on is Demir Bird. He's going to be back in Week 13. Uh, well, he's eligible to return in Week 13. He played really well in the preseason. He was caught a lot of a lot of deep passes. Uh, it was beating the defense. So uh, he's somebody who can fit in that role where Curtis Samuel uh, was. And, you know, the Panthers want to stretch the field. So it's obvious to me that Bird would be the guy. Uh, you know, you know, slotting right in there. Uh, so keep an eye on that guy. Uh, so, you know, as far as the other news goes, there are a couple of guys like Devontae Freeman who's probably going to be out this week. Uh, so Tevin Coleman, fire him up. Even against the Seahawks, he should get some work. Just keep in mind, he's probably not going to get all of the work. There's still Terran Ward. There might be a little bit of timeshare there. Uh, but except, expect Tevin Coleman to get all of the most important downs. Uh, 
Danny Woodhead, he's he is expected to play this week. If you're in a PPR league and he's not picked up, I suggest you pick him up. Uh, he could be an RB two and could be somebody who you can plug in uh, the rest of the season. Uh, you know, in PPR league and standard, not feeling as good, not feeling as confident in him just because he's not really that much of a yardage guy or a touchdown guy. Uh, but you know, he he racks up catches, you know, for sure. Uh, Alan Hearns, uh, he's not going to play this week against the Browns. Uh, that opens the door for someone like D.D. Westbrook, uh, you know, who Doug Marone did say uh, that he is going to play, most likely going to play this week. He's ready, uh, so he will probably be, probably be activated this week, and, you know, he can make a splash. He was really productive in the preseason. He was one of college's most productive, um, most productive guys. Uh, last year so I think he can step in and play a major role in this offense and you know it'll be interesting interesting to see what his role is going forward once Alan Hearns is back in the lineup okay so I think um, you know a lot of the other news that I was going to talk about is you know you know it has a lot to do with the waiver wire pickup so I'm just going to go ahead and get right into it Um, so a couple of must-add running backs Uh, Jamal Williams uh, is one of the guys for sure so Aaron Jones, he got hurt yesterday. He had to be carted off the field. Not yesterday, I'm sorry, on Sunday. Uh, he might be out three to six weeks with an MCL injury. Ty Montgomery, he re-aggravated his, ribs, his rib injury against the Bears. So, you know, that only leaves Jamal Williams right now. There is a chance that Ty Montgomery will play this week, but, you know, knowing that rib injury, I mean, he if he re-aggravated it, I don't think the team wants him out there. Uh, as much. Um, so I would assume that Jamal Williams, at least for this week, will get the majority of the carries uh, and e- even passes. Um, Jamal Williams is capable in the passing game. Uh, he, he, he can catch passes. He can block. So he's somebody who can be on the field on all downs. Now, whether he's productive with his touches, that remains to be seen. Uh, you know, he's had some opportunity this year and he hasn't really done well with it. Uh, but, you know, if he's on the field and if he's seen, you know, 60 plus percent of the snaps, uh, I think, you know, he's somebody that you should definitely consider picking up and starting. Okay, uh, Samaji P. Ryan. Um, so Rob Kelly, he has a, he was diagnosed with a high ankle sprain. He also has an MCL issue. So I think it's safe to say that he'll be out for a while. Um, the opportunity is there for Samaji P. Ryan yet again. Um, but since it's a much longer timeline for Kelly, Perrine, I think he needs to be picked up this time. Yes, he couldn't get it done with multiple opportunities earlier in the year, but he's getting another shot with an improved offensive line, and I think their offense is improving a bit. They're moving the ball more. Um, you know, Rob Kelly, you know, he was a zero in the passing game. He couldn't catch the ball. Uh, but Perrine, he has that in his skill set. He can catch the football. So he could see some passing work going his way as well, so that's a plus. Um, and he's going to be the goal line back. I think at this time of year, running backs, they're just hard to get. So, you know, he's simply a must pickup. I don't know, you know, I, I guess I'll pick my spots and where to where to start him and I'll see if they give him volume. Uh, but, you know, he's going to need to produce, uh, you know, before I put him in my starting lineup. But, you know, if you need help at running back, you know he's going to get some volume. So I'm okay starting him, uh, you know, if you absolutely need help this week. Uh, Latavius Murray, I keep harping on Murray every single week, uh, you know, in the Wave Wire podcast. You know, it's not Jerk McKinnon's backfield. It's both of theirs. Murray, he's been getting some serious touches. He's averaging 17 touches since week five. So, you know, you need to pick him up already if he's not owned. Uh, He's starting to score, and people in your league are starting to take notice. So keep in mind, you know, he's not the exclusive goal line back. You know, in this past game, you know, him and McKinnon kind of alternated, but it was him that got the the score. Uh, You know, they seem to be sharing that role. Uh, but, you know, as we've seen, I think Murray's probably their best bet to actually convert them. Uh, a couple more running backs. Uh, 
not necessarily must pickups, but guys that you know you should definitely consider. Uh, Rex Burkhead uh, in PPR leagues. Now he led the Patriots backfield in snaps this week with 36, followed by Deion Lewis with 21 and James White with 11. And before the Patriots buy, Rex Burkhead was creeping his way into fantasy relevance and suddenly became one of the main weapons against the Broncos this week. I think his versatility is one of the reasons Belichick brought him in. Uh, you know, you know, if he's in in the backfield, you don't know whether you, they're going to run the ball or pass the ball. And I think that's somebody that Bill Belichick wants, you know, on the field. You know, he not only can line up in the backfield, run the ball, he can line up in the backfield and then split. He can go ahead and split wide before the play. He could run routes out of the backfield. So there's just so many things that Belichick can do with him. Um, now, when you're looking at when you're looking at his numbers from this past week against the Broncos, you know we have to understand the possibility that this could have been the game plan for this specific game. You know the Patriots, you know they're not going to test guys like Akeem Talib on the outside, uh, Chris Chris Harris in the slot. So it made sense to line Rex up as a wide receiver and get him looks out of the backfield to test the Broncos linebackers, and it worked. Um, you know, this is the game plan many thought the Patriots were going to have this week because that's what they do best also, um, and that's what they did. So, you know, you have to think the versatility is something that they want to take advantage of going forward. So I'm okay picking up Rex in a PPR league. Um, you know, I would wait until his usage becomes more of a trend before I trust him in my starting lineup because, you know, I, we have to keep in mind that this is the Patriots' backfield and things change very quickly. Uh, Elijah McGuire. Matt Forte, he might be out an extended period of time with his knee issue, uh, but it's unclear if that's the case. But, you know, regardless, I think Elijah Maguire is someone we need to look at right now, uh, you know, just in case that that actually, that Forte is actually out for a while. Um, And, you know, this past week with Forte out, Maguire led the Jets backfield in snaps uh, 36 to Powell's 33. He out-touched Powell 12 to 11 and out-produced Powell in yardage 58 to 36. Now, you know, if you add that up, that's only 23 touches, uh, you know, in that for that backfield. And I'm, I'm pretty surprised, you know, how sparingly the Jets use their running backs against a Bucks defense that's very beatable on the ground. Uh, I do expect them to get more touches to their backs going forward. So I think McGuire should have at least some flex appeal and possible maybe low-end RB2 value going forward, assuming Forte's injury lingers with possible, you know, mid-RB2 value. So, since the Jets are on their bye this week, I think it might be easier and cheaper for you to scoop McGuire up this week. Um, but, you know, that snap total is pretty encouraging for his usage going forward. Uh, Rod Smith in PPR leagues. Um, so here's how the Cowboys backfield, uh, you know, turned out without Ezekiel Elliott. Alfred Morris was the early down back, and Rod Smith was the passing down and third down back. Now, since the Cowboys fell into a huge hole this week, Rod Smith led the backfield in snaps with 38 compared to Morris's 22. Now, I'm not completely convinced that this is how the backfield will shake out as we move forward. I think the Cowboys, it just became very predictable just by looking at who was in the backfield. And this might be something they want to avoid. And one solution can be to start giving Rod Smith some carries. I think, obviously, it's a bit of a long shot. Um, he's looked good this year, but it's, it's still a bit of a long shot. But either way, I think he can have some PPR value in a deeper league. He did see six targets this past week. Um, so, you know, he could, he does have some opportunity for production. Okay, Danny Woodhead, obviously in PPR, he's preferred. 
you know, he had a great first drive, <laughs> you know, in his season debut before he got hurt on that drive. Uh, he's obviously super injury prone, but he was the Ravens' first option in the passing game, you know, on that drive. But, <laughs> I, you know, I don't want to, you know, extrapolate just that drive. Uh, but, you know, I, did, I honestly expect him to step right into that role again um, and move Buck Allen back to the bench. We know how much Flacco likes to dump his backs. Uh, and Woodhead, Woodhead is a lot better at running routes and making plays than Allen. So, you know, it's possible he's not back this week. Um, but the news is that he should, you know, he is expected to play barring a setback in practice. And I think if he plays, he can maintain RB2 value in PPR leagues for the rest of the season. All right, Austin Eckler. Really interesting story here. Um, obviously, he's preferred a little bit more in PPR leagues, even though he is getting some carries too. He simply outplayed Melvin Gordon this week. Gordon, he did outsnap him 47 to 23, and we 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 always knew that Gordon wasn't the most efficient guy. He's just been awesome for fantasy because of his ridiculous volume. Um, you know, he only outtouched Eckler 21 to 15 in this game. I think going forward, it's very possible that Eckler has standalone value in PPR leagues because of his pass catching talent. He had 10 carries for 42 yards in this game. He caught 5 of 5 targets for 77 yards and a touchdown. Um, he's been flashing his talent all year, and I don't think it's going to go unnoticed. He did lose a crucial fumble, fumble late in the game, so it's possible that affects his playing time. Uh, but if you're in a deep PPR league, I think he can provide value the rest of the way, and I think the coaches are going to give him more playing time. Uh, J.D. McKissick, obviously uh, you know PPR preferred as well. You know, it's amazing how C.J. Prosize cannot stay healthy. Uh, it's amazing. Like, he comes back, he can hardly, like, hardly last a half. It's unbelievable. Um, and, you know, I'm also assuming that Eddie Lacy's groin injury keeps him out even further. So if that's the case, There's there are only two running backs left in Seattle right now, Thomas Rawls and J.D. McKissick. Thomas Rawls has proven to be ineffective, and McKissick has shown flashes on limited opportunity. He should see plenty of snaps against Atlanta on Monday night, and we know that Atlanta has struggled against pass-catching running backs. Now, if it's only these two guys playing, uh, I would consider McKissick as a high upside flex play in PPR leagues in Week 11, uh, just because, you know, we know that, you know, the Seahawks are probably going to throw the ball, and McKissick's going to be on the field for that. So, um, I'm cool with picking up McKissick if you're in need of running back help in a PPR league this week. Okay, uh, must add wide receivers. Marquise Goodwin's the first one. Uh, his speed is unbelievable. Um, he's now the number one wide receiver, you know, in that 49ers passing offense. He can get, you know, he got behind Janoris Jenkins. So, you know, if he can get behind him like he did on his long touchdown, he can get behind anyone. Uh, Goodwin, you know, he's an Olympian. So that speed is, you know, it's otherworldly, right? So uh, CJ Beathard, we know, you know, as we've seen over the past couple of games, he likes to take his deep shots and his volume. And, you know, Goodwin has gotten volume in the past. Goodwin did get hurt in this game, but he should be fine. Um, you know, and he's gotten volume, but even without that volume, it just takes one deep shot uh, for Goodwin to win you a week. So um, I think he's very appealing as a flex play for someone, you know, as someone who could raise your ceiling, raise the ceiling of your team. Um, but just keep in mind that Goodwin has a bye this week and then goes to, and then plays Seattle in week 12. Corey Davis, he's a special player. Um, he's seeing a ton of targets whenever he's been healthy this season. He was very close to a touchdown in this game, which would make his name a lot more popular on waivers this week. Uh, but he's a high potential receiver in an offense that has potential for more this year. 
you know, he's starting to become the number one option in this offense, so he needs to be picked up before he blows up. He's a really talented receiver. He was drafted, you know, very early in the first round, and he is a guy who can blow up, uh, you know, in the next couple of games. Okay, a couple more wide receivers to pick up, not necessarily must-adds. Uh, Dontrell Inman, I think the Bears, you know, they found a temporary number one wide receiver in Dontrell Inman. They traded for him, and they immediately placed him in the starting lineup. And Mitch Trubisky actually threw the ball. As a matter of fact, he threw it 35 times for almost 300 yards. Um, so if the Bears, Bears get into a negative game script, I think we can see Inman get a large target share. Um, they'll probably have to open up the passing game a bit in the next two games against the Lions and Eagles. Uh, we have to worry about Darius Slay covering Inman this week. Uh, but, you know, he's a wide receiver to pick up in PPR leagues if you're desperate at the position, you know, or if you're or if you're in a deep league. And, you know, Inman did well in his first opportunity. He caught six of his eight targets for 88 yards. So, you know, it's an encouraging sign moving forward that Trubisky, you know, has found someone to throw the ball to. Okay, Corey Coleman, he's coming back this week, and he's going to become the de facto number one wide receiver in Cleveland. You know, he's been injured much of his career in the past two years, but when he's on the field, he can get it done. He's a really talented player. He can win you a week. That's the type of player he is. Uh, he's had solid volume in the two games he played earlier this year. In the first two games, he had six and seven targets. Uh, so with no wide receivers emerging in Cleveland during his absence, uh, you know, he should step right into the right in right in to be the guy uh, on this offense. So, um, you know, Cleveland should be either down or be competitive in most games. So the volume will be there for the passing offense. We've seen we've seen Corey Coleman and Deshaun Kaiser have um, some rapport in the preseason as well. So hopefully Corey Coleman can come in and continue to do what he was doing. OK, Kenny Galladay. He only played 11 snaps uh, in Week 10, you know, coming back from that hamstring injury. But he did, he made a splash in, in that limited opportunity, catching two of his three targets for 64 yards. Um, he should pass TJ Jones in snaps next week as he gets healthier. Uh, so, you know, I'm not starting him until he sees more like, you know, maybe 50% of the snaps at least. But either way, he's a red zone, red zone threat. Uh, he's He has big playability in a Lions offense that likes to pass the ball. Uh, keep in mind that Marvin Jones has been playing well outside of this last game, so the target share can bounce around a bit with Golden Tate uh, being the most reliable of the three. Uh, Jamison Crowder. The last two games that Jamison Crowder has played, he's had 13 targets and 11 targets um, and produced 199 yards in total in those two games. Cousins is looking his way when he's on the field uh, and could be the number one option moving forward. I know Josh Doxson is obviously getting the most love from the fantasy community because of his talent you know, and Crowder's early season ineffectiveness, but I'm following the numbers before the hype right now. Uh, Doxson, he's still a pickup for sure, uh, but right now Crowder is the one getting the looks. So if he continues to get 10 plus targets, I mean, that's elite level volume. Uh, we have to follow that sort of, um, you know, target share. Okay, D.D. Westbrook. He's a great flyer to have on your team right now. He can be activated this week, and he probably will. Alan Hearns is not expected to play this week, so I think Westbrook can get a lot of play and have a good week. He was the most productive wide receiver in college football last year, or one of the most at least, and was the most productive in the preseason this year. So, you know, Marcus Lee, he has been consistent this year, but Alan Hearns, he hasn't been too consistent, and Keelan Cole not producing that much. So I think Westbrook has an opportunity for some time on the field moving forward. And this is a great opportunity with Hearns out. Uh, he could get a larger target share. Uh, and, you know, he could be someone that can help you down the stretch if things go his way. Uh, but keep in mind, there are a few hurdles. Um, obviously, he has to get the playing time over the other receivers, you know. So we'll see if that happens. 
Okay, I mentioned Josh, Josh Doxson. The hype is real on this guy. Uh, you know, we've, we've seen him be an option in the red zone this year. He's flashed with a, big few, a few big plays, uh, but he's yet to see the volume we need to see to feel confident plugging him into our lineups. He's definitely worth a pickup because he has that wide receiver one talent. Uh, and if he starts getting volume, he should put up the numbers. He's seeing, a, he's seeing the field a ton, though. Um, and so it could be just a matter of time before he has a big game. We need to have him on our bench and not on waivers when that blow-up happens. Okay, Josh Gordon. He was very close to not even making this article, but here's the thing. If you're sitting so damn pretty on top of your standings, you know, you have a ridiculous team, you just need some flyers at the end of your bench, fine. Pick up Josh Gordon. There are reports that he's in really good shape, and maybe he's a guy that can help you during your fantasy playoffs, but... Do you trust him enough to put him in your lineups during the playoffs? I don't know. I mean, if he plays in week 13 and gets like 10 targets, maybe I'll consider putting him in my lineup the following week. But, you know, I'm only doing that if you're really hurting your wide receiver and you don't have any upside. Okay, moving on to a couple QB streamers. Eli Manning against Kansas City. I I always get nervous about streaming Eli Manning, but you got to do what you got to do when you're streaming quarterbacks. The Chiefs, they've given up the six most fantasy points to quarterbacks this year. Uh, and neither of his favorite targets in Sterling Shepard or Evan Ingram line up on Marcus Peters' side. So I'm good streaming him this week. Blake Bortles at Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland's defense, they've been tough against the run, uh, but they have been giving up the seventh most fantasy points uh, to quarterback. So if the Jags have a tough time running the ball against the Browns, who have been playing pretty well against the run, they might need to resort to airing it out against a very beatable defense. So, you know, Allen Hearn's probably going to be out. D.D. Westbrook should be activated to, to give Bortles, you know, another option in the passing game this week. Uh, Jay Culler, I mean, I know, you know, he was pretty bad last night, He all, but he always performs horribly in primetime for whatever reason. So, you know, I'm going to throw that game away. He has thrown multiple touchdown passes in his last four games, so in a good matchup at home against a very beatable Bucks defense, I'm okay starting him. If you want to point to Josh McCown not being able to get it done against Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay, you know, these guys are two different quarterbacks, two different situations. Um, the game isn't in Tampa. It's in Miami. Um, you know, Tom Brady also wasn't able to get it done when he went down to Tampa. So I'm fine streaming color in a great matchup with all the weapons he has at his disposal. Uh, I think he should be fine. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, the other side of this matchup, with Mike Evans back in the lineup, I think Fitzpatrick has his main wide receiver back. So I think, you know, he can do some damage in this game. Um, you know, if you watch last night's game, Miami's defense didn't even look like they wanted to play. Um, you know, Fitzpatrick, he didn't look that good this past week, but I think he can do enough to give you a solid week um, against the 13th worst fantasy defense against quarterbacks. Uh, Blaine Gabbert. Man, I wouldn't I wouldn't think I'll be mentioning his name this year, but you know, you gotta consider anyone going against this Houston defense right now. They're a complete mess at this point. They're giving up the third most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Um and you know, Drew stands out this week, and I think, you know, hopefully Gabbert can keep it together uh and you know give life as Gerald all he can handle this week uh against this pretty, pretty bad Houston defense. They've been playing really bad lately. Uh some so some tight ends to stream, Tyler Croft against Denver. I know he shed the bed this past week, but he has a great matchup this week, you know, against a Denver defense who has given up the second most fantasy points uh, to tight ends in half point PPR scoring. And listen, Denver's defense isn't what it used to be. And this matchup isn't as scary as it seems. So I'm okay rolling Croft out there this week. 
Charles Clay uh, against the Chargers, it's a tough matchup. There's no doubt. But, you know, Clay, he has to be an option if you're streaming quarterback. I'm sorry, streaming tight ends. Um, you know, he's possibly the Bills' number one option in the passing game. Um, the Chargers are very good on the perimeter, um, and they've been good against tight ends. But I think Charles Clay uh, can be an exception this week. He didn't have a good game in limited snaps last week, but nobody on the offense did. I think, you know, with him closer to full strength this this upcoming week, I think he plays more snaps, and, you know, he can do a much better job this week. Jermaine Gresham uh, at Houston. Like I mentioned earlier, Houston's passing defense is a hot mess. So Gresham, he can see some work in this game from backup Blaine Gabbert, uh, especially around the red zone. He did have two touchdowns uh, in the past two weeks, but that was with Drew Stanton. Uh, so we can't expect the same, but at the same time, we're kind of looking at this matchup and saying that Gresham, uh, you know, can do well. And we've seen backup quarterbacks and, you know, these kind, these, these kind of guys who just come in for one game, uh, they, they might not want to test the corners. So, you know, the tight ends are kind of a safety blanket for them. So, uh, you know, I think Gresham can have a good game in this one. Uh, Mercedes Lewis, I didn't think I would be mentioning him at all, but he is playing Cleveland this week, and there has been a theme this season, a rule, and that's been start your tight ends against the Browns, start your tight ends against the Giants. Mercedes Lewis is going against the Browns, so if you don't have, if you don't have that many options, he's probably not a bad one. Uh, a few defensive streamers, you know, uh, this week is, is tough. Um, Chicago against Detroit. I know Chicago didn't play that well at home against the Packers last week, but I think, you know, Brett Hundley caught them off guard a little bit. I think the Bears' defense usually plays well at home, so without that many choices to stream this week, I think we have to settle here, and I think uh, I'm going with how Chicago has played most of this week, most of this year at home. Uh, New Orleans against Washington. The Saints' defense, they've been playing great this season. Um, They have been getting it done for fantasy. The Redskins, they scored a bunch of points at home this week, no doubt, against the Vikings. But based on how they were able to shut down, uh, the Saints were able to shut down Buffalo this past week, I'm okay streaming the Saints. Uh, they're not, Washington isn't playing at home, they're playing at, you know, in New Orleans. So I don't think the Saints defense will kill you this week. Okay, Green Bay against Baltimore at home. Uh, Baltimore's offense, not that great, right? Uh, I think Green Bay can be solid against them at home. Uh, you know, they're a bad offense. They're not, you know, they're not at home. They're in Green Bay. So I'm, I'm going to take a chance. I'll take a chance with Green Bay this week. Uh, Cincinnati at Denver. Denver's offense, you know, they, they can't seem to get anything going, especially that they're not scoring touchdowns. So with Brock Osweiler still behind center, we have to consider Cincinnati's decent defense against them this week, uh, even in Denver. All right, guys, that's it. That's all I got. Uh, if you have any questions, hit me up on Instagram at UpperHandFantasy. I'm also on Twitter at UpperHandFFB. I'm personally on Instagram at Farizi, F-A-R-E-E-E-Z-Y. That's three E's. Uh, also on Twitter at Faraz Siddiqui, F-A-R-A-Z-S-I-D-D-I-Q-I. Uh, check it out. If you want to make easy start-sit decisions this week, uh, obviously I have my start sit article coming out on thursday and my podcast coming out on thursday as well uh but if you want uh you can if you have a, a amazon echo or a dot you can activate the upper hand fantasy alexa skill uh and you can ask it who to start this week and it'll go off of fantasy pros consensus rankings uh and it'll give you an instant answer so check that out um and that's all i got guys How, have a great week uh i'll see you guys back on thursday